What's up? Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that beautiful code CHGO. Live your bet life and get up to $2,000 in free bets. Back here in Studio B. Kind of getting used to this place. Who are you texting, by the way? I was actually just going to tweet out that oh. we're live right now. So Damn, I was hoping you were texting something like super cool. Like Will DeWitt, who's back in the bubble. I, it feels like it's been a minute since he's been in the bubble. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a it's been a hot minute, but I'm back in the bubble, which is comfortable, but not preferred. And Adam, I have like 60% of my hearing back in my ear. And yes. that's the update that we all needed to, well, I guess here. Yay. Where'd, where'd your hearing go? What what happened? Like, I missed, I must have missed you all don't, this. Well, we got, we got into a bit of a thing last week, and I went Mike Tyson, and I bit his ear off. Oh. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so was, you missed a lot, Nick. I, no, yeah. I I had an ear infection from my vacation that went real bad and took all, all my hearing from my left ear. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, but Yeah, that sucks. It was it, it got really to a did. point where last week when he was filling in for you, like he could not hear Lawrence talking. Sometimes it's hard to hear anyway mm-hmm, in the other studio. Yeah. But like on top of it, yeah, he was like it was he was hearing me and nothing else, Ow. which was yeah. really a painful ordeal to go through if you think about it for <laughs> 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, yeah. So Definitely. we don't want to or put anybody through that. the day when we did that. the double. And it was like a two hours straight of Adam uh, in my ear. But yeah. no, it's back. It kind of came back a little bit on Sunday, and each day is a little better. Uh, so I'm just super thankful, and I figured everyone would love to hear that update, and I, I just had to share it with you, Adam. Good. Yeah, no, I, I, I am – I am happy to hear that because I was actually worried. I was worried about you. Uh, so I'm glad that that's come back because that sounded actually somewhat serious. And so I'm glad it's it's getting better. Uh, welcome in to the show. All of our viewers live on YouTube right now. Appreciate you guys. And if you're listening to the podcast, welcome in as well. Um, got a good show for you planned. We continue to march through the Bears schedule. We are on to the Dallas Cowboys today on the show. The fighting Mike McCarthy's, um, who I think I saw odds for the first coach to get fired. I think he's in the lead, despite the fact as we get to our points bet odds here. You know the Cowboys have good odds to have success, and I think that's where why he could be a leading candidate because this team has potential, has talent, and yet the Cowboys every year they just never amount to the expectations. And we'll talk about it, but I, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Um, we'll also talk about a couple more players as well. Khalil Herbert on the docket for me today. Will, who do you got today? We got Bayless Jones Jr. Oh, I've heard of him. Yeah. 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 He's, he's apparently old, right? That's the, yeah, old, he's, that's uh, the thing. The oldest and player now. on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> he's the oldest rookie on the roster, not the whole this roster. True. Uh, real, real quickly. Never on like the Chicago Audible, the Bears Brothers, have I ever rocked this thing on any of the um, thoughts. Does it need to go? Oh, I don't know. Like <laughs> when I look at the screen, that's the only thing I'm staring at is that caterpillar <laughs> above your lip, and I I don't know yet, Nick. Like I saw it over like the other day. <laughs> yes, it's furry. It's a caterpillar, but no, man, I don't know. I'll I'll let you know. If things change, it's just different. But like when I did like the little goatee thing, different uh-huh. wasn't bad, but it took I, I didn't take to it myself. All right. Well, that's a no. That's that's a long 
way of saying no, but I like it. Perfectly fine. I'm team mustache. I like <laughs> it. Um, I did not get to watch the full Super Troopers movie mm-hmm. yesterday, but I did watch the opening scene, which is you can just always just turn that movie on and watch the opening scene and laugh for 20 minutes. And um, there was even a comment about mustaches in there. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, because they get on rabbit. Well, this was like right after the opening scene, but they get on rabbit for not having a mustache. Ah, grow one. Yeah. So I guess I'm the rabbit here. <laughs> um. Anyway, um. Let's jump into the show today. Uh, good to have Will with us as we preview the Cowboys. Um, got Joey producing today as well. But the Dallas Cowboys come in. They were 12 and five last year. Pretty good team, first in the NFC East, and then they promptly lost in the wild card round in the 49ers because they have problems winning playoff games. This is true. Um, so the heat is on with Mike McCarthy, despite being uh, favorite once again in that NFC East. He is high up there on the list of coaches who could potentially be fired early on if they. So you can kind of hedge your bets there if you want to. You could. Know, get some decent odds on them to win the division, and then also hedge it by betting Mike McCarthy to lose his job if you want. I mean, I do it. <laughs> I, honestly, um, like I was saying, there are games where you look at the Dallas Cowboys and look. Let's go to the wild card game. There's this is the number one scoring offense mm-hmm. in the league last year, yet they only put up 17 in a wild card game. It in Dallas. Yeah, at home. At home. And Dak Prescott, who had been lighting up, you know, everybody else before, putting up great numbers, 254 yards. It's like the most important games, they they just fall flat. Then I we a team that we previewed yesterday, Adam, the New England Patriots, they go into Foxborough. That was a game where it went into overtime. The Cowboys go in and win that game, and Dak puts up a 444 yards passing, three touchdowns, like. This team is so up and down, yet they, they won 12 games. So they were more on the upside. But when it counts, the Dallas Cowboys like to choke. So that's what it is. Was it, did they play in the opener last year? That was a good game against Tampa Bay. Yeah. That's what it was, against Tampa. And they, they played really well they were in that right game there. and lost. And that was kind of like the eye-opener. Like, oh, the Cowboys, they might. they might be a thing this year. And that turned out to be mostly true. Yeah, mostly true. Yeah. Um, let's take a look at some of the key additions and uh, losses from the team that uh, won the NFC East last year and then, of course, had the playoff failure. But they add Dante Fowler, who I'd kind of forgotten about, quite frankly, um, to the team, wide receiver James Washington, and our guy, <laughs> Ryan Null. Nolan. Hashtag Nolan. Uh, they lose Amari Cooper. You may have heard of him. Mm-hmm. Good at football, good at good at catching the football. Catch. Yep. Uh man, all the things that gone on with the Browns this offseason, like I kind of forgot about that. I had to look up where did Amari Cooper go? Oh, yeah. Cleveland. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. That's like a total afterthought. Um <laughs> yeah, Randy Gregory too. Lyle Collins moves on. Cedric Wilson. So those are some names who've been there for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh they tried to get Randy Gregory back and then it looked like that was going to happen, and that sh- fell through, and he went to Denver. Yeah, it was like the Zadarius Smith situation almost, kind yeah, of. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they add to the offensive line by drafting Tyler Smith from Tulsa. 
They draft uh, edge rusher Sam Williams from Ole Miss. Jalen Tolbert, the wide receiver mm-hmm. from South Alabama. Good pick. Big wide receiver. Uh, so that's kind of where they stand. I don't know if they're better. I mean, you lose Amari Cooper, it's kind of a big deal. It is a big deal. And Randy Gregory, I think, was starting to, I think, find his, find his footing because he had a bunch of issues early on in his career, and I think he was starting to find it in Dallas, and then obviously goes to Denver. But those are those are key people. And Wilson, too. Like, he came up with some pretty clutch ca- catches in some of these bigger games. Like, I was referencing the one in New England, kept hearing Wilson's name come up, and he was, what, maybe the, the third option at that time. But missing those kind of guys, that's going to hurt your team. But they did add Ryan Nall. So that is that is something for for the people that love Ryan Nall here in Chicago, and now he'll be with Big Dave's favorite player ever. Big Dave from the <laughs> CHGO really? Bulls <laughs> loves Ryan Nall. Loves him. Why is that? There's like a like a Ryan Nall fan club out there. There is. I, do you, I, I don't know. Well, like we we've, we've experienced that definitely in the on the Chicago Audible. Like people love the Ryan Nall. People love Ryan Nall, and we'll see what he does in Dallas. And I'm sure people were wondering, how did he make the list of key additions? When I was looking at it today, he was the third biggest contract that signed in free agency for Dallas. Like, they did not spend a lot of money. They re-signed a few of their guys, but just due to how the cap is structured, again, they have Ezekiel's contract. They have Dak Prescott in a huge contract. There wasn't a lot of money for them to kind of spread around. And Ryan Hall was the third biggest outside free agent pickup this offseason for them, which I thought was just crazy uh, when I noticed. But, yeah, I, I think, Adam, you hit on a really good point about are they actually better when they lost Amari Cooper by trading him to the Browns and then Cedric Wilson. That's uh, last season, 124 catches, over 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns that they need to find a way to replace. And Michael Gallup's coming off a torn ACL, and he won't be ready week one. So a lot of pressure goes to James Washington, who wasn't really that great in Pittsburgh last year, 322 yards, three touchdowns. And then Jalen Tolbert, as Nick, you said, really good draft pick. And I agree, just they're going to want him to become wide receiver too immediately, just looking at how this team is structured right now. You know, the, the Amari Cooper trade is actually fascinating when you look at it now because – that trade was made pretty early it was. in the offseason. Is one of our first moves that we saw. And meanwhile, the wide receiver market just like exploded in the offseason with the, the contracts going up the way they have. And Terry McLaurin was just the latest yesterday to, to sign his deal uh, with Washington. Three years, $71 million. Amari Cooper was going to make $20 million this year. They needed to free up some cap space, so they had a couple options there. Like, you can restructure the deal, which you know lots of teams do, or you could try to trade them. They trade them, but they only got a fifth round pick for them. Like, it, they had to trade a first to get them in the you know what four years ago, right? To go get them, and then I, I mean, to me, when you look at some of these deals that have been signed, the Browns going out. And just giving up a fifth-round pick for Amari Cooper. And then they restructured his deal. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't even count that much up against the cap this year. Now it'll it'll cost them in future years. But compared to some of these other huge contracts that have gone out there, like I feel like that was a good move for the Browns. And a not-so-great move for the Cowboys. I agree with that. And we know that the Browns have 
made some really bad moves, you know, uh, collectively. But, yeah, I agree with you because a lot of these wide receivers have been paid. Amari Cooper is a wide receiver. Even though, what, was a down, I guess, one of his down years, it, he's still collectively what he's done should have gotten more, or the, the Cowboys should have gotten more than what they got for a fifth-round pick. But that's, that's the situation the Cowboys are in, and they obviously like to pay their running backs. A down year for Amari Cooper is better than most years for receivers across the entire league yeah. uh, as well. But it's an interesting one that they decided to dump him for so little. And, of course, for the Browns, we're hoping to pair Cooper with Deshaun Watson. And Cooper is probably thinking the same thing. And now he's going to play with, what, Jacoby Brissett up over there? Maybe it might be Baker Mayfield. Again. Baker Mayfield, like, 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 what a what a downgrade, at least in terms of <laughs> on the field talent that he was expecting to play. But yeah, I think receiver is a real big question mark for the Cowboys entering this season. Even the offensive line losing Lyle Collins, they also lost their center Connor Williams, two good guys mm-hmm. from last year. Uh, I know Tyler Smith was drafted. Uh, he played tackle in college in Tulsa, but. What I see out of Dallas is they expect him to be the starting left guard this season. Uh, so definitely some interesting moves all the way around that may really kind of change how this offense flows. C.D. Lamb's a really good receiver, obviously. Jalen Tolbert, very explosive, good athlete, decent route runner. I expect him to be an immediate contributor. And if Dak is the quarterback that we all expect him to be, he's going to be able to have Tolbert I think firing at all cylinders pretty early this season coming up. And even though he's a rookie and this is week eight, I think he can be someone that we're watching in some of those key matchups when they get to that week. Uh, comments are saying that's what happens when you pay a running back that much money. And I agree. It's like another lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Um, Just- and, and, and as good as Zeke Elliott was when they, when they paid him, it was still like, yo, this is not. Uh, and now, um, you know, there's there's a lot of people who think Pollard's better than Pollard's Zeke good, at this man. point. He's Tony really Pollard good. Pollard is a good running back to have. Um, but yeah, that's I mean that's the prime example when you look to like for for David Montgomery's case, like whether the Bears should pay him and great player. But just look at look at look what the Cowboys did. Look what the Cowboys did with Zeke, and you're getting great production out of Tony Pollard. So yeah, that's uh, one that will definitely hurt them. They also have uh, Dalton Schultz, you guys, a tight end who who had eight touchdowns mm-hmm. last season, he, yeah. and he got franchise tag. Um, and I know there was like a, bit, a point in time where he was a little frustrated with that, but uh, he's he's another playmaker that the Cowboys can definitely use. And that's why you see Dak Prescott after, you know, um, that horrific injury in 2020 came back, used all these weapons. And yes, you lost a couple last, or you lost a couple in free agency, but still, this is still a high octane offense and i expect that to be the case in 2022 and the bears are going to have their hands full with everything that they kind of bring to the table let's look at uh the points bet numbers and this gives you kind of a good idea of where the cowboys rank um and kind of their expectations for the 2021 season they are plus 1700 to win the super bowl which uh puts them let's see was that eighth Eighth in the screen kind of guy. Yeah, I got it. Okay, plus 800 to win the NFC then, which puts them fifth in the NFC. Uh, and then plus 115 to win the NFC East. They are the favorites. That's just not a bet I would make, I feel like. I don't think that's a lot of value. Mm-mm. Um, 
to make to have them win the NFC East. That over under is ten and a half. But you know, it's kind of favoring the under on that with uh the under being minus one sixty five, the over being plus one thirty five, which makes sense because I see ten and a half and I want to bet the under on that. Yeah, I want to bet the under two. And I was reading an article this morning on ESPN. They ranked all the rosters in the league. And Dallas, and they did this by um, ESPN used PFF's database for player, uh, for basically for the players. And then for players that weren't active last season or the rookies, they went to their college stats. Dallas came in 16th. The Philadelphia Eagles, you guys, which I was like, wait, what, what's going on here? How are they ranked as high as they are, came in, as I scroll through all these rankings here, in the top 10 at number, oh, wow, they're past the Chiefs, eight, number seven. Wait, who's, who's number seven? The Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, well, that was. Said, I mean, they have a good offensive line. We have to see what uh, Jalen Hurts is about this season. And uh, they traded for, what Ryder series did they just get? Um, I'm blanking on. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. Yeah. I guess, like, okay, now that I just talked myself through that really quickly, number seven, it, it's high up there. But, yeah, the Cowboys looking at, you know, those odds there to finish first in the East, they rank 16th in terms of their overall roster. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I would say so, too. I mean, like Adam said, like, I don't know if that would be a bet that I'd take. I'd probably take the <laughs> under as well as I would not – I mean, the Eagles' odds, though, I, I forgot what they were exactly, but they're obviously better than the Cowboys in terms of return. So if you're looking at a bet, maybe that's one. When I see, like, just this roster uh, for the Cowboys, one player we haven't mentioned yet, we haven't really talked about their defense, though, Micah Parsons. Like, mm-hmm. I'm worried <laughs> about what he's going to be able to do. I mean, he was just phenomenal as a rookie. Uh, second highest graded linebacker in PFF last year. Uh, he had 70 total pressures, which was 21 more than any other linebacker. 14 sacks, which was eight more than any other linebacker. 58 run stops, fourth in the NFL for linebacker. Roquan Smith is number one, by the way. And then he only allowed an 80.9 pass rating when he was targeted, which is the third lowest of all linebackers. And that was his rookie season. Like, what's he gonna? What's in store for year two? I don't want to know. Well, the Bears are gonna find out yeah. one way or another. Well, and the Cowboys were on hard knocks last year, and it was just so obvious, like, even in the first episode, that, like, okay, this dude's legitimate. And yeah. he's got such a personality to him as well. Like, okay, Micah Parsons is going to do some – he's going to make headlines. And, of course, in his first season in the NFL, he does do that. Um, they also have, what, Diggs, who led the league in interceptions. And, I'm, he like, when I watched him – he was so hit or miss, though. Like, he gives up a lot of yards, very opportunistic corner. But the upside is those game-changing types of, you know, turnovers that they can create. And the Cowboys finished first in defensive takeaways with 34 last season. So, and we, we've seen here in Chicago, that's not always repeatable, right? We saw 2018, and what wasn't the case the following year. So, we'll see what this Cowboys defense does look like. But when you have a guy like Mark, Micah Parsons, who did everything he did as a rookie... Man, uh, you're curious to see what he can do in year two. And they just use him in such creative ways because he is so versatile. He can drop down and be an edge rusher. He can be more of a traditional linebacker. And then they have Deron Kurtz as well, who's like that hybrid safety linebacker role that can also go into the box. When you want to put Parsons up on the line of scrimmage, it 
makes their defense just difficult to figure out and really to play succeed against. And you mentioned the takeaways. Uh, they were the best third down defense in the NFC last year. They allowed the lowest completion rate in the conference as well. And that's just the defense. And you already said it too. Last year, they were the highest scoring offense too. So good team. Interested to see how these changes will affect what they can accomplish here this season. But no matter where you look at it, they're a solid group and will pose a, a lot of problems for the Bears. Uh, we'll get to kind of our picks for this uh, as much as we're picking games. Through. We are, we're giving our thoughts on whether or not we think the Bears will win. Um, but first, I want to tell you the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And that's not it. If you make a $50 more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. So that's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions, email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. If you happen to see an edge in the game you're watching or if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, well, don't just watch the game. Bet along with the game live, and you can do that with PointsBet. Just download the PointsBet app right now. Use promo code CHGO. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And I feel like we're about to get like abducted by aliens with this sound yep. going on right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah, it's I'm telling happening. you, it's the so, Star Wars lightsabers. I got the gripper to fight whatever's coming. How does that help you fight anything? I'm gonna have key forearm strength. Oh, it's just with your bare hands. That's a, yes. that's yep. uh, optimistic. <laughs> um, but yeah, if we get abducted, you know exactly why. Uh, but let me ask everybody this before that happens: You want to start your day with a competitive edge? Everybody, everybody, everybody nods. Yes. Of course you do. Strava CBD coffee is a game changer and has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused. I need some Strava right now. You need Strava right now? Well, we had this event last night. Oh, yeah? You know, woke up a little tired. (coughs) John's was completely hung over this morning Mm. on that podcast. Don't worry. We talked about it openly on the show. Okay, good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what you should do then. Do a podcast. Yeah. But yeah. So it's, what is it, 123 right now? It feels like it's 5 p.m. already. <laughs> it's time to get some Strava because it has hemp in there. And just so you know, you guys, hemp doesn't make you higher hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help Adam and everybody that takes it, like feeling alert Whew. and focused without the jitters. There, there's one. You can live your day more balanced with less anxiety have fewer aches and pains, plus including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling at your best. And the best part about all of this, Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage effect of benefits. CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use code CHGO25 at checkout. Do you already love Strava? Of course you do. 
So you can subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you are in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. All right. Bears, Cowboys. This was definitely, I'm, I'm pretty sure, since I have made it very clear, I for, I've completely forgotten all the predictions we made when the schedule came out. Um, and it's not like, you know, there's any type of podcast or video we could go back to actually go back and look at the look at the tape. Uh, of course not. Nope, doesn't exist. But um, I'm pretty sure I had this pegged as a Cowboys victory. I don't know. The more and more I break down this team, though, the Cowboys will be favored. Mm-hmm. This is this could be a sneaky one of those unlikely wins that the Bears pull out during the season. Yeah, it's not like crazy to think that could be the scenario. Um, Plus, it's a Matt Eberflus revenge game. It is. Yep, Matty Refluce revenge game. Linebackers coach over there in Dallas. Um, I'm pretty sure I had the Bears losing this one as well. But I need to see. I know that that Dallas offense is going to be talented despite losing two of those the two wider series we talked about earlier. Still, like Michael, like you mentioned, Will, Michael Gallup is coming off an ACL. Is Jalen Tolbert already going to be ready by the time it's what week? This would be week eight now. Maybe. I don't know. Well, who, what stage is he going to be at? We know C.D. Lamb can still do some great things. I love C.D. Lamb. Yeah, C.D. Lamb's a great wide receiver. I still I think at this point in time, I have the Cowboys winning this game. But like you, Adam, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bears gave them a really tough matchup. Yeah, as of today, yeah, I think you have to lean Cowboys, but let's – let the season kind of ride its course and we'll of course kind of see what our predictions look like much closer to it but you mentioned the Matt Eberflus revenge game I just want to make sure everyone remembers yet again it's the Ryan Nall revenge game <laughs> oh, yeah. if, if he makes That's the right. roster if he makes That's the roster right. um, goal line situation Ryan I think Nall. they should probably give Ryan Nall 20 carries in that game I like that you know just just oh, feed the revenge that'll be, that'll be something to watch honestly <laughs> he's right. got it again um, also <laughs> Matty Refluce revenge game. That's not really how revenge games work. He, uh, of course, left the Cowboys on his own for a promotion to be defensive coordinator. This is true. Yeah. In Indy. Um, Damn you, Dallas. But it's still more fun to say it's a revenge mm-hmm. game, even when it's not. Uh, J.R. Mayberry asks, which corner will be covering C.D. Lamb in this game? My guess right now is I think they're just going to go left and right. Mm-hmm. with Kyler Gordon and Jalen Johnson. So you might see both, but I think it's still... Um, this was actually something we were talking about on Hogan Johns earlier today. I like this secondary. If they're all healthy, like I like the potential that this secondary has, and you're feeling, you're feeling a lot better about a matchup like this against the C.D. Lamb when you have two corners who are capable. And this isn't week one. This is week... We're in a week eight. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. Uh, on the schedule. So you're talking about a guy having some legitimate experience at that point. No, I, I completely agree with that. And, like, if this was a match, if the Cowboys are playing the Bears in 2021, you know you can just put C.D. Lamb on Kendall Vildor's side if they're not going to yeah. have Jalen Johnson shadow. And that was, you know, a way for teams to get, get some easy completions. Now, and look, Kyler Gordon's still a rookie, obviously, but... He very talented one, and that one that we all think here is going to be starting week one and can do some things in this league. So once it comes to week eight, it's going to be a good matchup with this Bears secondary, especially because the Bears don't have 
their pass rush is, is still we, we still need to see what that's like. So you need that secondary to really step up. And I think it's gonna it, this is gonna be a really good test for them. It would be, and of course, CD like I think it's like forty percent of his snaps came in the slot last year. That may be where things get a little <laughs> dangerous. Because yeah, who's uh, is that Thomas Graham at that point? Is that might be Tavon Young? Might be. Who knows? Duke Shelley. Could I still think be. you're Can't better. Be. I still think you're better off there right now than you were before. Yeah. 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 I agree. Unless it's Duke Shelley. And yeah, I was gonna say unless they roll Duke again, then that's damning. Yeah, I don't think it will be. I think I think Thomas Graham Jr. is the leader in the clubhouse right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Based on what we saw in OTAs, I think that's the case. So, um, bucket Bears win thirty-five-seven. No, that's not my official prediction. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm like I oh. Just, when I go into the uh, Bears accent, then you just can assume that I'm just making things up at that point. Okay. I, I, I could see them winning the game, though. I could. I, I think it'll be game there. Again, we to kind of project lines this deep into the season at that point. It's kind of a little silly. Other than we know the Cowboys will be favored. I think if they're playing week one, they're probably favored. Yeah. Um, if, the, if the 49ers are six and a half point favorites at Soldier Field, then I'm thinking the Cowboys are at least seven and a half, eight and a half in Dallas. But the 49ers beat the Cowboys in the wild card. And does that? I have no idea. I'm just. Eh. A lot of <clears throat> comments saying that they're going to be in Dallas. So I, I do think when you look at the schedule, there's not that like exotic destination this year on the, on the schedule, like Vegas last year or Tampa. This is it. Um, I think, I think Dallas will be a popular trip. Um, and then my advice is also, if you're looking for something a little shorter, to get early season games at Green Bay and Minneapolis. Do good, it. good time to, to make just... This is a good year to make those divisional trips. Yeah. Those two cities early in the schedule and they're not being a Vegas on the schedule or even like a Seattle or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that that... You, that Green Bay, Minnesota in December, January is no. not the no. Get in September place. now. All right, the the Vikings games early October though, um, but yeah, the, the Packer games in September. It'll be fine. I think it's still technically summer at that point. Sure. All right, uh, we'll keep it rolling with Bears grades too. Um, looking back at the twenty twenty one season yeah. and how some of these players graded out today on the docket. Khalil Herbert. Yep, Khalil Herbert, who um, had a good rookie year with the Bears, and um, his grade, if we could pull that up there, Joey, his grade in uh, the 2021 season was 2.21. I knew it. A little suspense there. I honestly, I didn't have it in front of me, and I kind of forgot. Uh, But he was a starter (laughs) He was in that starter level as a rookie, um, which was a good start for him. And then, you know, averaging 4.2 yards per carry on 103 rushes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When he had to fill in for Montgomery, it did not seem like the rushing game really skipped a beat. And I think that begs the question, do you guys think he's going to end up having a larger role in this new offense? I think so. I think the Bears are going to be very committed to run the ball. 
regardless of who the running back is on any given play. If David Montgomery needs a breather, put in 24 Khalil Herbert. He, I think his skill set matches what they want to do in this in this offense that they're, Luke Getzey's bringing from Green Bay. And when you watch what he did in, like, those 103 carries, he's breaking tackles, constantly moving his legs. If there's an ankle tackle, it, it's, it's very rare that Khalil Herbert's going to go down by that. That's just not what he – that's not what he showed last year in his minimal snaps that he had. So – a guy that I think gets more opportunities, he's going to do some good things like he was doing last year. And we, in the game against Tampa Bay, the number one rushing defense. Okay, I was watching, rewatching that game. My God, that was, it's it's tough to watch. Yeah. But seeing the holes and like seeing the runs that Cleo Herbert had, it's like, all right, there, there was the one bright spot in that entire game, Cleo Herbert and his rushes there. But, I think he does get more opportunities, and he should. He's deserving of some more opportunities this year. I think if the Bears are smart, they have to give him those opportunities, A, because the offense will be better for it, and B, if you're trying to figure out if you need to sign David Montgomery or not, it's good to know what you have on this roster behind him. And, Nick, you hit it. There are times when he just looks smooth out there. Like his vision, uh, I think it's one of his best attributes as well as his, as his patience to find some of those cutback lanes in this zone offense that the Bears are going to be deploying this season. And there are times where it feels like David Montgomery's rushing things. And I don't blame him because he has not had the best blocking in front of him ever since he came here in Chicago. So he's always been getting contacted in the backfield, having to make something out of nothing. And there are times last year where I thought he rushed a few of those plays and left some yards on the field because he got a little antsy uh, and wasn't waiting for the appropriate lane to open up where Herbert, you kind of see that a little bit more consistently. Uh, and I said like smooth is the best way I can describe his play. Uh, so I hope they give him uh, extended looks more time. There are times last year when we we're hoping for the same Montgomery has had injury history as well. Some issues with that and the durability, giving him any sort of break, a breather, you know, a spell drive for that and having Herbert there to do it, I think is helpful for, you know, both backs as well, just for limiting some of the contact that Montgomery will take. Fair question here from South uh, West Outlander J. I guess I should just say SW Outlander J E. I don't necessarily. I just assumed that means Southwest. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> if you want to know whether or not to resign Monty, don't you want to play him to the max so to see everything he can handle? Um, I, you know, I I think there's a balance there. I think you've already seen a lot of David Montgomery and mm-hmm. kind of know what he is. The only thing that I feel like is still left on the table in terms of, and I like him a lot. I'm on record of that. I would resign him if it's the if it's the right, right. deal. Um, I want to make it clear. I'm not anti-signing running backs to second contracts. I'm anti-giving them $100 million in, like, ridiculous contracts. I always go back to the Aaron Jones contract that he signed with the Packers, which is not something that the Packers are def- necessarily regretting at this point. Mm-hmm. Four years, $48 million. I'm not saying that that's... I don't even think David Montgomery would get that. Um, Probably not. But, you know, if it's... If he's making eight nine million a year, like I think that that's somewhat reasonable. There you go, yeah. But yeah. I I think that the bigger question, well, I was going to say the one thing that I think is still unanswered, 
he looked faster to me to start the season last year. It was something I noticed in training camp. I thought I noticed it early in the season. And then he got hurt. Yeah. And he came back from that injury stronger than I anticipated. But that extra gear that I thought I had seen early on was gone. So I'm just wondering, is he going to have that this year? And can he maintain that for a full season? Because if he does, I do think that that's a little bit of a game changer um, in terms of you know, paying him. Meanwhile, though, the early returns on Khalil Herbert are good. But he only has 100 rushes for you at this point. 103, as we showed you. You need to get a little bit more of a sample size. And you got to know... Honestly, what both of these running backs can do in this new offense. Mm -hmm. So I think the answer to that question is you got to play them both. I would definitely give Montgomery more carries than Herbert, but at least to start the year for sure. But I would also kind of use them in conjunction with each other, which is something we've seen from the 49ers in the past where they use multiple running backs. No, they definitely do. And I think with Luke Getze too, having a guy like Aaron Jones – like, the receiving game's a big part of what Aaron Jones, why he's as good as he is. So, I wonder with Luke Getze if he wants to see a little bit more out of his current running back, see what they can do. I, someone mentioned Tristan Ebner earlier in the comments, and I don't I don't know how much playing time Tristan Ebner is going to get in, in year one, to be completely honest, because we were just talking about wanting to see what you... We know what you have in David Montgomery, but I think there's still more opportunities for him in the passing game. I really do. I think he's a better route runner than what we've even seen at this point. Khalil Herbert as well. I think that's an area where he can actually still make improvements in his game. But I think that is going to be a wrinkle in the Bears offense that Luke Getze may want to explore. Because Aaron Jones is a very good running back who's capable of doing that. And I'm sure he would like to get some return on his guys that he has here in Chicago to see how they can kind of impact the game that way. Nick, you brought up a good point about the receiving because Aaron Jones was the second most targeted player for the Packers last year. I remember seeing that when Adam and I did our Packers preview, and I was surprised A.J. Dillon was pretty up there as well. So two mm -hmm. backs who are yeah. getting involved in the passing game, and the Bears have been very adamant uh, ever since the regime change. Like, we're going to get this ball out fast. We need to get yeah. into the playmakers' hands, get it in and out into space, and the running backs – if you're looking at Green Bay, that was a big part of it. And Luke Getze, that's where he's coming from. You have to anticipate that perhaps carrying over. So having multiple backs who can be receivers out of the backfield uh, is something I'm sure he would love to have. Montgomery has proven he can do it. Uh, I don't have Herbert's numbers in front of me. I don't think he had a lot of like sample size last year to do it, if I remember correctly. I don't I remember many. Ball? 16 targets. Yeah. yeah. 14 receptions, two drops. One. Of, so one of the weirdest things for me, one of the – plays that stands out from Khalil Herbert, and he has a bunch, again, 103 carries, but it was week six against Green Bay. It was a it was coming out of halftime. The Bears are down 10-7. They run two straight runs with Khalil Herbert, and then it's second and six. Justin Fields is getting pressured. Khalil Herbert's just in the backfield to the right, and he drops the ball. Yeah. And then on, on third down and six, uh, um. Justin Fields has to run. He only gains two yards. The Bears punt. And it's like that play that Khalil Herbert dropped, it was a routine catch. I know that he can catch that ball, but that always stuck with me for some reason. And that's just one area. Like, hey, just concentration, wanting to probably get some yards before actually making the catch. But making sure you actually make the catch is an area that I want to see him improve to. And, and Tristan Ebner, is, from, 
from what we saw in film and from what we already saw in OTAs. He can catch football. He can catch. He can definitely football. catch football. Ask so, Caleb Johnson. <laughs> it's an intriguing group of ru- of running backs. Um, I also wanted to quickly point out Aaron Jones' contract only came with thirteen million dollars guaranteed. Oh, so I could see a path towards keeping David Montgomery, um, despite whatever Khalil Herbert does this year. It's just kind of can they can they work out a contract that makes sense? But I also don't blame the Bears for not wanting to do that now. Let this thing play out on the field. Let's you know. Let, let's see what these guys can do. And um, I think that part of the offense, we don't talk about it enough. I mean, there's all granted fair concern about the O line, fair concern about the wide receivers. But the Bears, I've said this before, and I do believe it, have one of the stronger running back rooms in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And this is a, an offense. This is an offense that's supposed to be run heavy. Run first, outside zone, like play action off of that. I know there's a lot of panic out there, but I I still would be shocked if the Bears are as bad offensively as they were last year. Despite you can make a fair argument that they have less talent out there um, with the wide receivers, I still think that the scheme and their strength of the running back room with, oh, by the way, a quarterback who should get better in year two points to more points that seems logical adam seems very logical so all right um that was our wrap up on khalil herbert's 21 2021 season and how it projects to 2022 and will is here with us with his uh, latest player preview yeah do you don't have to give any other messages to our listeners before i do this one i just want to make sure oh I have one. Probably, I have what do you one. got? What do you got? Yeah, it's like you, you guys should know this. We were talking about Justin Fields and that Justin Fields and Owen should be one that just makes that that simultaneous connection there. And in case you're wondering what the hell is Owen, well, it stands for only what you need. This brand is a 100% plant-based protein company that gives you high quality and carefully selected ingredients to keep you functioning throughout your entire workday. And if you have that intense workout, take an Owen protein shake. In these protein shakes, you get your vegan omega-3, your green superfoods like broccoli, kale, and spinach, and all these amazing ingredients reinforce exactly what Owen stands for, only what you need. We, I've been taking Owen for the last two years. We've all tried Owen here. If you're looking for a recommendation, love the Pro Elite Chocolate Shake, my personal favorite. But what's cool, like I mentioned, first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, who does follow a plant-based diet. He actually posted a few photos on his Instagram. Dude is, we all know, he's shredded. Justin Fields is a shredded individual, and he's a pro athlete. It makes sense, and he takes Owen, and that also makes sense. Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. When you use the code CHGO20, you get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Again, that is 20% off with the code CHGO20 at liveowen.com. So join us here at CHGO and Justin Fields and try Owen only what you need. Also want to make sure you know about our CHGO memberships. You know what's cool about what we do here? What's cool? Walk in today and immediately see Matt Peck for our Bulls Mm -hmm. team over there. Okay, then I look over Studio A and the Chicago Fire guys are doing Doing their their show. Um, And then the rise I'm looking out in front of us here, out of Studio B, our Blackhawks team sitting right here. 
And I haven't even mentioned the baseball teams, oh. which, well, yeah, you're here. You're on the show. We know that. <laughs> they can see you. I'm talking about all the other things we do. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, haven't even mentioned Cubs, White Sox, and, of course, it's baseball season right now. So we still got all that coming for you. The point is we have a lot going for you every single day here at CHGO, and you can get it all right here on the YouTube channel or by subscribing to the individual podcasts. Uh, and all of our written content is up at allchgo.com. So go get those memberships. Be a part of the team here at CHGO. It's a great fan community um, doing everything we possibly can in the Chicago sports landscape. Um, and it's only going to get even better. So get those memberships now. Check out the written content. All the ways you can interact with us online, allchgo.com. And when you sign up, you get the free T-shirts, too. It's a win-win. Before we get to Valus Jones Jr. there, Will, I see a comment from SW Outlander here. I just heard about Owen on the CHGO Fire podcast. Say hi to Lawrence for me, by the way. Well, we'll, we'll definitely yell at him later and let him know that we said hi. I'll let you know that you said hi. All right. You guys ready to learn a little bit about Bayless Jones Jr.? I don't know if it's a lot of new information because I've talked He's about old. him extensively in this podcast before, but it's still a preview nevertheless. Let's do it. All right. So, Bayless Jones Jr., Mr. 71st overall pick here in the draft. I feel like, you know, for this season, he has slightly higher expectations than other third rounders for a couple of reasons. One, we've mentioned, you know, he was a grandpa of this draft class, like the oldest. <laughs> rookie on this Bears roster. That was the talk of the town after the Bears decided to draft him. And secondly, just the lack of, I guess, strong like push to getting a big-time receiver this year does that as well, right? They kind of went with some cheaper veteran deals of free agency. So, And he was the only receiver they drafted on top of it. So there's just a lot of, I think, expectations put on him. But he's a player that I expect to succeed here in Chicago. And I look at his rookie year, I know coming out, his route tree was something that they say still need to be polished up. You guys mentioned out of some of your OTA reports as well, like there are some catches that he should have been able to haul in that he wasn't. I know contested catches weren't his forte in college, but still transitioning to the NFL. He needs to be able to make some of those tra traffic catches as well. Although even if it's not a, su a strong suit, perhaps you know just finding ways to get him those easy looks underneath would be something uh, the Bears need to look into. But when you look at his skill set, he's blazing fast. He's super big, like in terms of like he's built like a running back. He's strong. He can make yeah. guys miss in a few different ways, whether it's breaking tackles, uh, fighting through contact, or just that elusiveness. On top of that, uh, I call extraordinary field vision uh, that he plays with, which you see uh, him as a runner with the football in his hands as a receiver, as well as a kick returner, a punt returner as well. So I, I know the Bears are going to get the ball out fast, as I mentioned, whether – He's taking a screen, a slant, you know, a tunnel screen, or just some of those crossing routes on the play action. They just need to give him the football in space and see what this kid can do uh, on offense. And when it comes to special teams, you know, he's the second most effective punt returner last year in the nation, uh, averaging 15.1 yards per punt return. He averaged over 27 yards per kickoff return last season. So he's been a very good kick returner. I just wonder what his role in offense looks like and if that will impact how much they want him to play on special teams. And uh, when I look at what I expect him out of him this season, I think he's going to be the clear cut wide receiver three and Adam on your graphic for Khalil Herbert, we didn't mention it, but I did read like, is he still going to be the kick returner question yeah. mark? And as of right now, 
Uh, I feel like the Bears will split it between Herbert and Jones Jr., depending on the game situation, who's fresh at the moment, because both have proven to be effective. Herbert has at the national level where, of course, Jones Jr. says to prove he can do it in this league. I don't expect that to be much of an issue. But no, I, that's kind of what I have here for today for Bayless Jones Jr., just in terms of like what he brings to the table. And really, it's just hard to project fully until we know exactly what that role is going to look like here in this offense with Luke Getzey. I just expect it to be a lot of easy looks, quick passes to Bayless, and let him kind of do some magic after the catch. He led the entire draft class with over eight yards after the catch on average. And the Bears, uh, as we've mentioned in this podcast plenty of times, were really poor last year in terms of getting additional yards after the catch. Some of that skill, a lot of that I think was scheme and having a better scheme that sets these players up. Justin taking that next step. I expect Bayless to be able to take that uh, and provide that impact in terms of making those yards after the catch. So in terms of stats, uh, I'm going to throw some out here. I am looking at a 45-catch, 500-yard season with four touchdowns. So I would say moderately high expectations for a third-round draft pick at receiver. So one thing I am very interested to see is how he takes to the playbook. Because... The idea of having a Swiss Army knife who can do a lot of different things is great. But in order to be doing a lot of different things, you have to know a lot of different things. You have to know the intricacies of wide, you know, different wide receiver positions, whether he's going to be in the backfield. That stuff, how it appears in the playbook, can be different parts of different packages, not just being like, okay, let's start here and you just know this and we'll build on it. That's, we don't know. I mean, he may ace that. Mm -hmm. Some guys come in, they're like Darnell Mooney, they know the playbook inside and out by the time they show up to training camp and they take off. Um, Then there's other guys like Anthony Miller who can never Never figure it out. Um, And you just don't know. But if that part of it translates, then I too have high expectations for him because they don't really have a choice. They're going to have to play this guy and use him in a lot of different ways. Um, I like the comment again from the guy I'm calling Southwest Outlander. Um, VJ gives me Patterson vibes so far, and we've seen in Atlanta how effective he can be if used properly. Emphasis on properly. Um, Yes, because Cordero Patterson was not ever used properly offensively in Chicago. He goes down there to Atlanta and does a lot of different good stuff. I think that there's some fair comparisons there. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think Velas Jones is probably going to even be a little bit more polished as a pass catcher and route runner than Cordero Patterson was, who you almost kind of had to use more as a running back. That would be the one main difference. But in terms of doing a lot of different things... There is that side of it and the special team side of it too, you know, potentially being a gunner on special teams and, and, mm-hmm. and that. So um, I like Valus Jones. I'm just very curious how much he can handle as a rookie. And maybe he aces it. Don't know. But that's ultimately to me what's going to determine how much success he has early on. The faster he learns his playbook, the faster he will play too. You know how you're just learning things and maybe you're a little hesitant. Oh, do I go on this jet motion? Am I supposed to go on two? Whatever it may be. If he can get that, like you're saying, Adam, then I think you just see an overall more effective Valus Jones Jr. And it's I'm gonna bring out the name just because it's I think it's just natural to think of it, but it's like a Debo Samuel, someone that you use everywhere. 
Not saying he is, but like that's the name that immediately comes to mind when you think of Valus Jones Jr., the body type, and everywhere you can put him. I, ideally, if he knows a playbook, maybe a year from now it's more similar to that, but like that's the guy that I think of. Maybe he'll never amount to what Debo is at this point of his career, but that's kind of the type of player Valus Jones Jr. can be, or it has the makeup of, I should say, has the makeup of, but it... I think what you even how you kind of had it will with like the expectations with a wide receiver core that has as many question marks as it does right now. That's all right for for Valus Jones Jr. to be a little bit more highly regarded in terms of what he can potentially do in year one with the Bears. And a reason why I would bank on the fact that he could pick this up quicker than later is the fact that the one thing you heard from the bear scouts, the coaches, Ryan Poles is about his maturity, right? Like he was a player that in college, like especially being an older player the last couple of years, like he's staying in and he's studying the game plan where some of his teammates are going out and having a good time, you know, a couple of nights before a game. And that maturity is something I heard a few different times from this bear staff about what he brings in. I know they mentioned about like, how prepared he is for their meetings. He's always taking notes, asking the right questions, and they're throwing a lot at him, and they just want to see what sticks. And I think that's a good sign that they're feeling comfortable throwing a lot at him throughout OTAs. And when we get the training camp and a whole extra month for him to kind of absorb that playbook, uh, we'll see exactly where he's at. But he is someone that takes his job seriously, someone that does go out there and want to provide, you know, be the best teammate he can possibly be. And I think that mindset's going to help him a lot in this league. Well, really good stuff, Will, on Valus Jones Jr. Again, people can find the whole write-up at allchgo.com. It is unlocked for everybody to check out, but please, if you enjoy it, sign up for a membership if you haven't already. We appreciate those of you. Get that free T-shirt that you can get, and we showed you those a little bit earlier as well, the new line of T-shirts that just dropped Mm -hmm. last week. All right, guys, we got to get out of here. Fun show today. We'll be back tomorrow, continuing on with the schedule. And let's see who do we have tomorrow. Today was the Cowboys. Tomorrow is the Dolphins. My guy, Mike McDaniel. Not, oh, I thought you were going to say Tua. I don't not know why. my guy. I don't know Tua's why, not my guy. He's not no, your guy. Not my guy. <laughs> Mike McDaniel, yes, you have said that multiple times. I've claimed him. Also, <laughs> because I am not going to be here Friday, we are going to do two players tomorrow. Holy crap. On the whole grades. Two defensive players. So stay tuned for that. Uh, big show coming tomorrow. And uh, Will, I think this is it for the week for you, buddy. Have a good 4th of July. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, you know, with the extra shows last week. No, I'm kidding. No, I, I would have been here for two days if it would have worked out without question. But I appreciate it. I hope everyone listening has a great weekend as well. And I'll see everyone on Tuesday. Back to some normalcy for all of us, which would be nice. Yep. Wait, so, wait, Adam, are you going to be here next Tuesday? I forgot. No, that's you and Will on Tuesday. <laughs> so, not normally, so, right. but... Well, I, I can handle a show with Nick. We've done it a few times. We got Yeah, this a couple times. times. Someone already pointed out I'm wearing Dolphins colors. I saw that, yep. Yeah, that was an accident. Maybe I should have worn those tomorrow. Mm. Um, so, anyway, uh, we're out of here. We'll be back tomorrow, 1 o'clock. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us all over social media. We are there for you. Please hit subscribe, the like button. There's no reason not to hit that like button on YouTube, please do that. And um, if you're listening to the podcast, please rate and review it. Thanks for everybody listening, watching today. We will talk to you on Thursday.